This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. One, or 603-435-1105 is the phone number. I almost came out the uh, 800 number. Uh, this is Luther. And Nick Ryder. And Andrew. And uh, it's good to have you guys back. Is my mic on? Yes, your mic's okay, on. I can hear I you. could barely hear it. Here. No, we're good. Yeah, this is the sort of stuff you should work out beforehand, guys. Um, oh, well. So, uh... Who's in charge here? <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to start off the show. I got a uh, a story here. Uh, this comes from someone in uh, Toledo, Ohio. He came and visited us. Uh, he's uh, a prospective mover to in the Free State Project. Uh, he uh, had a little incident when he was out riding his bike. And this is something that uh, could easily happen to anyone. Uh, in fact, something similar to it happened to me. So uh, I'll go ahead with that. Wait, he was uh, visiting Keene? Yeah, he well, not while he was visiting Keene, but okay. he has visited Keene. That's how I met him. Oh, all right. So um, it's a potential mover who yeah, had an incident back Back home? in his hometown, okay. uh, you know, got hassled by the cops. Uh, and we'll be taking your calls as well. It's called, uh, he entitled it, Thoughts on Justice. September 2nd came on a Thursday this year. I had had a rather full day and felt like sleeping, but had some energy left to burn. I grabbed my iPhone and set of earbuds and decided to go for a short bike ride and try to burn off some steam. Usually, this works for me. I live right on the edge of Toledo, Ohio. Given the hour, I thought the safest route for a ride would be a short trip out to the end of Summit Street and back. I figured there would be less traffic, and that way, I would have the road to myself. I plugged myself into my headphones and set off. The ride to the end of Summit Street is a short one. It's a straight line till it ends at the on-ramp to I-75 North to Detroit. I've always enjoyed my bike rides as a means of both relaxing and blowing off steam. It's about two miles to the end and back, but it, but it does cross a few key landmarks. Once I cross the Ottawa River, I have just a few hundred meters of Washington Township to cross before I hit the Ohio-Michigan state line. On that stretch of road, there really isn't anything till I get uh, to the interstate. I'm an avid cyclist, and I do this all the time. Anyone that's ever walked around Point Place downtown, the old West End, or any point in between has probably seen me riding around uh, on my old garage sale Swin. So wait, was he riding on the interstate or just near? No, 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 just near the interstate. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it's sort of a major street that kind of runs from his house down to where the interstate is. Okay. Yep. The ride started off okay, like any other. I wasn't long. It wasn't long before the quiet, uneventful night that I had lined up, uh, lined up went sour. I wasn't 50 feet inside of Washington Township when a cop pulled up behind me and hit his lights. Patrolman Thomas Tommy Fall, badge number 10, WT, uh, WPTPD, um, got out of his car and asked, for, asked me for my ID. Now, I'm riding a bicycle. I'm out in a pair of board shorts and a ratty t-shirt, and the last time I checked, you don't need a license to ride a bike. I'm not carrying an ID. The fact that I wasn't carrying an ID seemed to anger Tommy. Uh, he got rather hostile and demanded that I give him my name. During the, this exchange, I had removed my headphones and was winding them, uh, winding them up. I had paused the podcast I had been listening to. Since I had my phone in my hand, I seized the opportunity to enable my video camera. I had a bad feeling about the direction this was going. P- uh, partial video of what happened next can be viewed, at, and he gives the uh, quick address here. Um, Quick.com slash incredible, in case you're wondering, if you want to go see it. Now, now, how much cooler would this story be if you replaced bicycle and, he- and earbuds with old 80s boombox and roller skates? Well, the boombox, yes. How are roller skates not, not cooler than a bicycle? Well, because they're less cool than a skateboard. 
They're way more threatening the police because you can actually kick them. <laughs> no, no. People on roller skates get made fun of. I don't believe you. Yeah, but that's because you used to wear roller skates, right? No, but I should start. <laughs> get a skirt, too. Yeah. Yeah, and some, uh, some of those high, uh, the knee-high socks with the stripes on them. I'll pass on those. Wait, huh? the rainbow stripes? <laughs> it could be. All right. All right, sorry. Anyway. Anyway, a man got arrested. This is n- nothing to make light of, Nick. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, experience and a rather lengthy archive of police abuse videos on YouTube have told me that if a police officer wants to arrest you, he will. He informs me that on the road ahead of me is a house known for drug activity and demands that I identify myself. It's clear to me that this is a classic fishing trip. This guy is looking for a reason to put me in cuffs. The last thing I'm going to do do is answer any of his questions and give anything for the case against me that he's trying to build. I decline to answer any questions without legal counsel, as it is my right to do so. This really pisses him off. Tommy tried many approaches. He told me riding a bike without a taillight is a uh, citable offense. I'm skeptical of this, and I, I know here in New Hampshire it is at night. I couldn't tell you. No? No, this Tommy guy. That's the cop, right? Yeah, Tommy. Okay. Uh, well, there's a lot of things on bikes that are offenses, but uh, the police will just let you ride by. Yeah, as I understand it, most of these so-called offenses are unenforced. Yeah. Like, keen. like bike registration. Oh, uh, are you really supposed to? Oh, yeah, it's required by a city ordinance that when you get a bike, you need to register it with the police. Yeah, um, I know there's laws regarding anything motorized, so any kind of motor vehicle, like yeah. a bike or like a little moped. Even a little moped? Even a little moped needs to be registered, or a four-wheeler, all of that. Now, now I know for a fact the Keene Police recently ordered um, some registration labels, and they order, only ordered about 500, and I think there's a far more than 500 bikes around Keene. In the most bikeable town in New and Hampshire? This oh, was yeah, a couple all the trails around here and all the college students. Nobody, yeah. nobody in Keene knows about the bike registration requirement, which is why nobody ever registers their bike. Hmm, good for them. All uh, right. Uh, now that you lost your place. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Yep. Uh, Tommy Tommy tried many approaches. He told me riding a bike, okay, yeah, without a taillight is an assignable offense. I'm skeptical of this. He pulled me over as soon as I entered the township, so obviously seeing me wasn't a, uh, obviously seeing me wasn't a problem. Uh, he even said I was required to wear a helmet. Motorcyclists in Ohio are not even required to wear helmets. Uh, he even tries rationalizing by saying he needs me to ID myself so he can make sure I don't have any outstanding warrants. His line of questioning is getting him nowhere, so he calls for backup. He continues his interrogation after I have invoked my right to remain silent. His next tactic is intimidation. He calls for his backup to hurry up and draws his taser. I have gotten off my bike, my hands are in plain sight, and I have made no threats towards anyone. His uh, his backup arrives before he has the chance to electrocute me. Well, good thing, too, because he probably would have. I'm told to put my hands on my head. I comply since I don't want to get shocked or shot. I'm dragged off my bike, placed against the hood of a car, and handcuffed. Questioning starts over again, and there are, uh, there's the same disregard for declination... <clears throat> there's the same disregard for declination to talk without a lawyer. Tommy keeps trying, though. He tells me I might as well cooperate since he's going to find out about all my prior arrests and outstanding warrants. I actually have no outstanding warrants or arrests. Uh, I never got the name or the badge number of the second officer, but he tries all of the same tactics. He, the second cop, even asked me if I'm in a militia. <laughs> this absurdity of the situation is killing me. From now, the... what led him down the, that line of questioning to ask if he was in a militia or not? Uh, just 
I, don't, I have no idea. Maybe just because he's a libertarian type. I mean, you know, you got to watch out for those libertarian types. They're crazy militia Basically folks. him who, exercising his rights. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that he's in a militia. It's pretty rare you run into someone who's uh, um, just not going along with everything cop says. Right. And militia people would probably be one of the people that are more up to date on Second Amendment rights and other other things like that right. and and weren't there there's quite a few in like the michigan ohio like in the midlands isn't there i don't know i would um, imagine i mean hunting's very big out there you have a lot of self-sustaining people right i'm generalizing <laughs> way to just throw an entire race of people under the bus race yeah the midwesterners <laughs> hey i'm kind of a midwesterner <laughs> from pittsburgh uh, yeah it was the frontier like 200 years ago yeah <laughs> From the from the back of the squad car, I get to watch as the two cops ransack the small bag mounted on the handlebars of my bike. Their warrantless search doesn't turn up anything special. Uh, I've taken, I've I'm taken in anyways. The blatant violations of my civil rights has only just begun, and of course they have to take him in at this point. I mean, well, yeah, he didn't prove his innocence quickly enough to the officer when they first, you know, had an encounter. Not that he actually has to, though. No, but from but my they didn't want to be made. Yeah, they didn't want to be made a fool of. Right, but my experience, my whole life, is you have to prove your innocence to them. You are guilty to prove an innocence. Yeah, and it really what they claim otherwise. Supposedly, it's the other way around, but I guess not here in America. So, your thoughts on this? 603-435-1105. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105 is the number. Call in, talk about whatever you want. This is Luther. And Nick Ryder. And Andrew. And we are talking currently about a story. Uh, This comes from Toledo, Ohio. A young man riding his bike around, uh, stopped and questioned by a cop, uh, unprovoked. He was just uh, innocently riding his bike, doing his thing. Cop went on a little fishing trip, and they they do this quite often. Um, In fact, they've done it to me. They've done it to you, Andrew, as well. When? (laughs) They don't don't ever do that to anybody. This is just a one-off case. Yeah, right. This obviously doesn't reflect uh, a wider selection of uh, the fat blue line. (laughs) Uh, And I'll continue here. Uh, So to recap, uh, he was just riding his bike, got pulled over. He was uh, asked all sort of absurd questions, even though he asserted his right to remain silent, including, uh, is he in a militia? And it continues, they they threw him in a squad car, and uh, away they went. We pass a few bicyclists on the way to jail, none wearing helmets or with the proper lights. Strangely, no backup is ever called. Any questions I have over rights and legality are met with the questions, is that how they do it on TV? Uh, I still decline to answer any questions without legal counsel. Since I'm not being charged with something, I'm, I'm taking legal counsel very seriously. The authorities are able to identify me, but it wasn't by running my fingerprints. Tommy took the phone I was carrying and signed, uh, signed into my Facebook account and looked up my personal information. He boasted about this to the brown shirts, sheriffs. He was quite smug as, as he'd say things like, Sounds like mommy and daddy at, and their address, should put him... Put him on the big boys' timeout, even though they are now, even though they now have my name. I'm still not about to answer anything without a lawyer. It's funny that they 
would mock him in such a uh, you know, uh, an immature way because they're clearly the ones who are being immature about this situation. Oh no, they're very, they're very respectable. Oh yeah, surprising and respectful. Yeah. Now, did they have a warrant, or did did, did he consent to a search whatsoever? Nope. nope. They, so how can they search his phone? Probable cause because he wouldn't identify himself. Oh, right. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You you just, you can't say no because saying no means you're hiding something. Yes, and and they're very very careful to not destroy anything while they search stuff too. Oh, obviously, yeah. You know, anybody who's ever been pulled over and had their car searched on the side of the road, especially if you have a lot of stuff in your car, you you're not going to find stuff later. Like my, I, I've had my change, you know, thrown all over the ground. I had to pick it up, you know, and put it back in the cup holder where it belongs. That kind of stuff. I've you had know? paperwork for work just disappear and get torn up and, and thrown around. Oh and yeah, they up. they have no regard for your stuff or you know where it go where they found it from. You know they just kind of make your leave your car a mess and then you're left there on the side of the road to clean it up. <clears throat> um, even though they now have my name, I'm still not about to answer anything without a lawyer. I sign a paper using the words under duress in place of my name. I'm in legal hot water here. If, um, I'm in legal hot water here. I'm not about to sign any legal documents without counsel either. This is going to be a long night. At this point, I proceed. Uh, I'm processed. Excuse me. By processed, I mean I'm made to change into a jumpsuit, my picture is taken, and I'm putting a hold, put in a holding cell. I am given a piece of paper with my name and the charges that are being filed against me. This is the first time anyone has told me my charges. I'm... I'm glad to at least know what I'm up against. Two bicycle offense charges, one for no headlight, one for no taillight, and a big charge of obstructing official business, contempt of cop. Since when is it law that you need lights on your bicycle? Uh, Didn't we go over this like last yeah, since, segment? Ever since like somebody died on a bicycle and somebody got upset about it and they're like, we need to do this, this will save all kinds of lives. I blame angry mothers for all the horrible laws in the world. Well, they are horrible people, aren't they? I think they? it's a good idea to have a light on your it's bike a good idea, if you're going outside it... at night. Uh, uh, it depends. Backed I mean... up by the force of law? No. Not, well. the, obviously, it gives a, the police a tool to harass whoever they want. Which I, basically... I think you also have a bit of a responsibility if you're on a bike to be aware of traffic around you, especially at night. Right. Yeah, And, and a responsibility vi- to put a light on your bike. And the reduced visibility so of see you. drivers. Yeah. And, and I also feel that bicyclists should not be on the road. I think they belong on the sidewalk, which is contrary to laws all over the place for some stupid reason. I think it depends on the road. Uh, city streets with low speed limits, bicycles can be on the road if they're moving with yeah. the flow of traffic, things like that. Yeah. I've seen them go through the intersections during green lights. That makes sense. Right. You know, but uh, if you're on like a, a tight road or a busy street and there's a bicyclist or there's traffic coming the other way, you know, it's kind of a hassle to give them enough room and... They're just constantly in the way. Like there was this one road in Florida, and the bike lane on it on it was minuscule, so they would ride in the road, and it was a thin, winding road on the coastline, and they were just always in the way. I find them always in the way in Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah, and this is the first metro I've ever lived in, really. That, and it's a pain just driving around. It's much easier to bike or walk in Keene. Yeah, well, it is a toss-up. There aren't really bike lanes on a lot of roads, but if you're on the sidewalk, you're in the pedestrian's path. If you're on the road, you're sometimes yeah, but it's, in, the, it's easier in the driver's for a, path. It's much easier for a bicyclist to avoid a pedestrian than it is for a car to avoid a bicyclist or pedestrian. Yeah, sure. what's Depends easier to stop, road. a human in a 25-pound bicycle or a human in a 3,000-pound, 4,000-pound car? Well, I think, I think it should just be on the bicycle to be the most responsible possible. Don't impede traffic, but don't, don't 
you know, rudely blow by people on the sidewalk where it makes them feel uncomfortable either. Right, right. Six zero three four three five eleven to five is the number. Uh, what's your opinion? Do bikes belong on the road or the sidewalk? I think it's a case by case scenario, and one size doesn't fit all in any. Oh yeah, situation. Well, I I would say that with a lot of situations well, that yeah. the uh, the government tries to force one size fits all on you. This uh, so he uh, he's he's given a paper uh with his uh his charges finally you know contempt of cop basically um. Uh, when he asked me my name, I handed him the paper with my charges. This wasn't good enough. This time he yells at me to give uh, him my name, and I made another attempt to hand my paper. He squares off and swats the paper from my hand. I'm back up, uh, I back up and sit with my hands on my knees to try to take the least aggressive stance uh, possible. The, hus- the hostile brown shirt then takes me to an empty holding cell, confiscates my blanket and my shoes, and removes the only cot from the cell. So now he's got to torture him, you know, with uh, coldness and discomfort, you know, because he didn't obey. And it's a ridiculous mindset that cops get into and uh, something I'd really like to see change. Um, If I could compare this cell to anything, I'd say it's a gas station bathroom and it's about as temperate as a vegetable crisper. (laughs) I I didn't get any sleep. I tried my hardest to keep my body heat from curling up in the fetal position uh, inside my jumpsuit. I didn't work very... Uh, it didn't work very well, and I spent most of the night shivering on the floor uh, with the periodic interruption from the brown shirt there to ask me my name. The one that got uh, that got logging, uh, the one, excuse me, the one that got logging into my phone. I'd always answer with a question like, "May I have a blanket? May I call someone?" or something along those lines. The next morning, I finally got to see a lawyer. They did come after I had been shackled and paraded before the judge. Uh, 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 to make my plea of not guilty, it's been a while since I studied any of this in high school. Is this how it all? It's all supposed to happen. The lawyer wasn't much good either. She was a public defender and said we sh- we could settle this today by pleading guilty to a lesser charge of disorderly conduct. Now I don't consider riding a bike to the end of the street disorderly. I rejected. I reject this outright. I am currently out of a one thousand dollar bond. So uh, yeah, just another person getting swept up by the system. Uh, yeah, my solution, move to New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. We'll be taking your calls. Video cameras. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in, talk about whatever you want, from the political to the personal. And I'd like to invite you to check out amp.freetalklive.com. It's a way you can uh, help support the show. Uh, it's called stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And uh, your money will go to get Free Talk Live on more stations and uh, spread the word of liberty. So we're, uh, it's uh, Luther here. And Nick Ryder. And Andrew. And we're talking about a uh, young man in Ohio got arrested for riding his bike. Um, he, cop went on a fishing trip, didn't find anything, and just decided to harass him. And it continues here. Uh, he, he ended up getting booked and charged with it, and he's uh, having some... Uh, he, he got a public defender who wasn't very helpful. Well, well he got arrested, right, at night. Yeah. He goes to the booking area. Uh-huh. He's not allowed to speak to a lawyer. No, no. They denied him his rights of a lawyer. They took away his blanket and shoes to make him discomfort because he wouldn't uh he wouldn't speak his name. He, and they also removed the cot from the cell, right? Uh I I don't remember if they mentioned that or not. Um 
But, you know, just because he wouldn't comply and tell them his name, even though they already had it, they uh, they they decided to torture him with uh, discomfort. Now, this is extremely interesting to me. I recently went on a tour of the police department at one of their uh, public safety days, and we were touring the booking facility. I've never been arrested, so uh, unfortunately, so I've never gone through. <laughs> unfortunately? I've never gone through their booking process, but um, after we were done, I asked uh, the police captain, hey, uh, when someone's arrested, where do they uh, get to meet with a lawyer before they do any bail paperwork? And he said, oh, they don't have that right. Uh, there's case law on it. Uh, and he was, really? he was really hesitant. He's like, yeah, Nick, I know what you're going to say, but no, they don't have that right by law. And they have to sign their, the bail commissioner comes in, right? Right. Ask for the 40 bucks that you may or may not have to pay. But apparently there's no right to talk to a lawyer before you talk to a bail commissioner. You can talk to a lawyer before you talk to a judge, I guess. But uh, to get bailed out, you don't have a right to talk to a lawyer. Wow, that seems ass backwards. I mean, to me, you should be able to call anyone you want. You should be able to call your parents, call your friends, ask for advice. But uh, apparently not. You're locked up and cut off from society. And that's how we uh, treat people who have done minor violations. Yeah. Well, I was also told by the same police captain, I believe it was the same guy, that the police can detain you for whatever reason they want until they figure out whether or not you're actually breaking a law. So if they just see you on the side of the road, they can hold you there and look up all their laws to see if you happen to be breaking one well, or not. They don't, well, they don't ever look up their laws. With they reasonable don't know suspicion, right? That's yeah. what he would say. They need reasonable suspicion to hold yeah, someone. But, but what does that even mean? Right. I, mean what, like, I was detained for the same thing. I was detained because he didn't know if I was breaking a law or not. Right. You know, uh, what was the reasonable suspicion there? He had a mustache. I didn't have a mustache. This is when, uh, no, no. This is but you, you, could, were... you could just as easily say that. You know, he had a mustache. That looks shifty to me. Now, we didn't explain. This is when you were holding a sign. Yes. Um, okay, so that was that incident. He was holding a sign near a police checkpoint, and, a pol- and an officer drives by and says, hey, you can't, you can't hold that sign. And basically, the cop was wrong, but he was allowed to hold you there until he found out he was wrong. Yeah, and he asked me what he thought, or what I thought he would do if I decided to walk away, because I told him I was going to leave. He wasn't being very nice. And uh, I told him, I don't know, he might tackle me. And he said, yeah, could happen. <laughs> yeah, no, he, didn't really, he wasn't really committal on uh, what would happen. He said, what do you think is going to happen? So, right, trying to trip you up. It continues here. Uh, this young man's plight. Um, I'm pretty confident that these charges could e- could easily be dropped. After all, if I were guilty of something, wouldn't justice be uh, wouldn't justice be prosecuting me to the fullest extent of the law? The fact that I am offered a lesser charge tells me that even the judge knows I haven't committed the crime of obstructing official business. The bicycle charges aren't even something that cops enforce. Laws don't suddenly take effect to justify police fishing, and if a fish doesn't bite, a cop isn't justified in spear fishing. Tommy Fall uh, wasn't responding to a call when he stopped me, nor did my actions prevent his responding to res- prevent his responding to a call. I'm not a criminal simply because Tommy and his partner put me in cuffs. My arraignment is now a week away. I'm hoping charges are dropped. Public defender Abby Flynn is scheduled to represent me before Judge Michael R. Goulding. If the charges aren't dropped, I will be taking my case to trial. If Abby mentions the word plea bargain at any point, I will find myself in the market for a new lawyer. I do have the uh, uh, pre-trial court event list uh, as an upcoming event on Facebook. It is a public event, so feel free to share uh, the link uh, with my friends, activists, and anyone else uh, that you think may might be interested, and I would encourage this young man to go ahead and post that on uh, the BBS, bbs.freetalklive.com. Check that out. Um, I would love to have some support behind me when I stand before the man in the robe. I'm facing 90 days in jail with a $1,000 fine for the obstructing charge. Um, if you, 
if you're as concerned as I am to find yourself wondering things like, did uh, uh, did a Tommy fall really? Did Tommy fall really put his taser, pull his taser, and call for backup for the guy on the bicycle? Uh, why was I never read my rights? Aren't police supposed to stop asking questions when a person invokes the right to remain silent and for legal counsel? Did Tommy Fall really access uh, a suspect's phone and sign on to a personal account for information? Is it legal? Did sheriffs really make a guy sleep on the floor without blankets for eh, for not wanting to speak without a lawyer? Why? Is this standard practice? Uh, well, don't don't just ha- well you don't just have to ask yourself if. Uh, You'd like to show some support but can't attend the arraignment next Thursday, then feel free to contact the following people for your questions. And uh, he should also post those on the BBS as well. Now, he could have solved this whole situation and avoid all of this if he had just put a light on his bicycle, right? No. The onus is upon him to do that. Uh, Honestly, no. Who doesn't know that's the law, really? Uh, Well, (laughs) me and Nick did, so apparently only you, Andrew. Okay, well... Um, but no, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if they, when they go on these fishing trips, you are going to be arrested. I would say nine times out of ten. I don't know if it's that high, but there's a good chance. And if you don't fully cooperate in the way they completely expect you to, mm-hmm. then yes, you're going to get oh yeah screwed. Absolutely. I mean, and this is how they work. You know, they they go out and they make people into criminals and get them sucked up in the system, start taking their money for revenue. Uh, it's just a nasty cycle of harassment, and it needs to stop. Your thoughts? My thoughts? Yes. Well, I agree. They they tend to target people. If you're all uh, you know, dressed up, hair done nice, driving during the day, you're probably gonna be okay. And though I wasn't dressed nice, I was on my way to Pork Fest, and um, I got pulled over, and I had a whole bunch of stuff in the back, and I was hoping that cop didn't decide to uh, search me because he would have searched all my camping stuff and everything. Uh, not that I had anything, but it would have taken hours. So the fact that on a whim, a cop can hold you on the side of the road for two to three hours is completely wrong. Yeah. And uh, they don't even have to stop you. You might come to them like me. I accidentally ran out of gas one night. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And found myself uh, right in front of the police station. And uh, pretty much the same thing happened to me, except for I wasn't put into a jumpsuit and I wasn't like I was just held in the office. Like it was just me and him. And so I started asking him dumbass questions like about his copy machines because I fix those for a living. So I'm like, oh, yeah, what is that, a powder toner there? Uh, is that like 50 pages a minute? And he was getting upset about that. <laughs> well, Luther, obviously he was helping with your problem of running out of gas by arresting you. Oh, yeah, uh, clearly. That that taught me a lesson. and I haven't run out of gas since. <laughs> when you're better for it now, too. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, but. I know better than to say anything to cops now, though this young man tried that and it sort of went the other direction on him. But, you know, in New Hampshire, cops are kind of used to that from the liberty activists. They uh, they won't harass you too much if you don't want to speak, you know. So, uh, well, At least in Keene they are. I don't know about all of New Hampshire. Well, yeah, well, the free staters haven't infiltrated all, at, all you know, true, every area in New true, Hampshire. True, true. So. Uh, I guess you know, Grafton's probably another place where they only have one cop anyway, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, do you guys have anything you wanted to talk about? Well, there's there's all sorts of stories all all over the news today. Yeah. Um. Did you want to well, go pick into, one of them? Did you want to go into a, an, <laughs> another one? This one uh, came out today. Um, government to propose truck fuel efficiency rules. 
And this uh, looks like it applies to future tractor trailers, school buses, delivery vans, garbage trucks, and heavy-duty pickup trucks must do better at the pump under first-ever fuel efficiency rules yeah. coming from the Obama administration. Because there already isn't enough regulation in that industry. Well, we can get into it. I think uh, Andrew has a little bit of experience in that industry. And Andrew? Experience in that industry? It. No. More coming up. We're going to talk about that uh, and your calls. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. That's the number you call. We'll talk about whatever you want. This is Luther. And Nick Ryder. And Andrew. And Nick. uh, Oh, right. I was doing a thing. Are you the only one on FTL that has a last name? Well, there's another Nick on FTL occasionally. Yeah, I thought you were Ryder. Nobody knows who that is. Or Rick. I got to get name recognition here. (laughs) Rick Nider, Action News. So uh, go ahead with your story. This is about the uh, transportation industry. The EPA and the Transportation Department are moving ahead with a proposal for medium and heavy-duty trucks, beginning with those sold in the 2014 model year and into the 2018 model year. Uh, The plan is expected to seek about 20% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions and fuel consumption from long-haul trucks. And for anyone not familiar with any kind of transportation industry or vehicle industry, uh, the vehicles designed for 2014 for sale are basically finished in the design process. They've gone through concept form and they've had prototypes, you know, they've been in the works for years. So they're already designed. So if you want to modify anything or increase their fuel economy, it's going to require a complete redesign of an already designed item that's had the money and R&D already put into it. I specifically brought this article in today because uh, Andrew has some experience in the trucking industry, I believe. And he he knows a little bit about cars. And automobiles. How many times have you had semi-trucks breaking down on the side of the highway? More than I can count. More than I can count, unfortunately. I've spent way too many nights and hours and days on sides of highways. Um, So anyway, the proposal expected to seek reductions of 10% to 20% uh, in fuel consumption and emissions based on the vehicle size. Now, it seems to me that the government thinks that they can simply pass a law Oh, clean up the air. That will be the law. Write it down, pass it, and it will magically happen. Now, I don't know, but what sort of effects is this going to have on trucking industry if they have to pass certain tests to uh, be more fuel efficient? Basically, it's going to increase the price of vehicles because, like I said, they're going to have to go through and redesign all of them to meet these standards if they can, if it can even be done. I mean, don't you think companies are already getting the maximum fuel economy they can out of these trucks? I mean, these trucks don't get good gas mileage, but you're hauling 80,000 pounds. They're getting numbers like four and a half, five miles per gallon. Don't you think that they're already maximizing everything they can do as far as innovation and economy goes for fuel? And, you know, being part of the industry and seeing how things work, my only solution to get that kind of benefit out of your fuel economy is to reduce the weight of these trucks by maybe 30, 40%. So that's reducing your load weight. So you're not hauling as much. So, yeah, you might get better fuel economy, but you're not hauling as much product. So, in the long run, you know, two loads for the the same amount of product, you know, it doesn't 
solve the crisis. It's okay, uh, because Obama says that this is going to bring down the cost of transporting and for transporting goods, serving businesses, and consumers alike. Obama said it? Obama said this back in May. Because he's an expert on the trucking industry? He was flanked by executives with... uh, Daimler trucks, Volvo, Cummins, and Navistar. I don't know. Yeah, because because more regulations always make it cheaper for the for the trucking companies to haul, right? I I, I guess not. It, it would seem to me, unless there's a massive fuel conspiracy, that competition would be the best uh, motivator to bring fuel prices down. Right. Fuel and if, consumption. If down. these new trucks are going to have these this new development put into them or forced into them, basically, like I said, they're going to cost a lot more, and a lot of companies are going to say, "Hey, these new trucks are too expensive." Let's fix our old ones. So you have a bunch of old trucks that theoretically are less green than the newer ones. So you have a bunch of older trucks out on the road still, creating more pollution and putting people at risk because these trucks are getting older and older and getting millions and millions of miles on them. I mean, well, it's, it's not uncommon for a truck to have over a couple million miles. Well, then we just need a law. You can't, you can't use a truck for more than 10 years. Yeah, that'll go well. Especially all the owner operators who you know spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on restoring their old truck because it's basically their home on wheels. Now, is uh, the trucking industry is that a lot of freelance people do that? They buy their own truck and, and freelance with shipping companies. Basically, you have two kinds of truck drivers. You have company drivers that work directly for a company. Then you have owner operators. I mean, everyone's heard the term owner operator, right? Even right. if you're not part of the industry, that's a guy who basically owns his own truck and either works directly for a company, but using his equipment. He most of the time does the maintenance himself on it, pays for the fuel himself. Obviously, he gets a lot more money per mile than a company driver, whereas a company driver might get 42 cents a mile. The owner operator is getting $1.42 because he's got to cover his fuel costs. Right. And back in the fuel spike of a couple of years ago, it was costing almost a dollar per mile to run these trucks just for fuel, not including maintenance and compensation for the driver and his time. Uh, you want to continue, Nick? Well, uh, there's not a whole lot more to continue unless you just want to go into the boring details. Uh, environmental groups have pointed to the National Academy of Sciences report this year that says that trucks uh, could make broad improvements during the decade through existing technologies. The report found that using advanced diesel engines and tractor trailers could rebu- re- reduce fuel consumption up 20% by 2020, while hybrid versions of uh, garbage trucks and buses could see 35% cut in fuel use by 2020. So, Yeah, those hybrid versions have to cost so incredibly much. I know in Sarasota, Florida, when I lived there, they had hybrid buses for the local scat buses, they're called, Sarasota County Authority yeah. or whatever. But, yeah, they had hybrid buses, and you can just tell these things had so much money poured into them, and, you know, a regular mechanic can't fix it. It has all this new technology. What kind of mechanics are you hiring? You're training a whole fleet of people to work on these vehicles, and it's just... Increased cost across the board, and in the trucking industry, what doesn't get affected? What item that you use in your daily life doesn't get affected if you make the truckers have to charge more to right. haul the same items? Right, because you know everything. Not things aren't made and shipped locally as 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 much nowadays. I and mean, here in New they, England, it's one thing, but right. And even if they are, the raw materials for those things have been shipped multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, I worked in in metal in western pennsylvania you know scrap metal and steel is huge out there right and you know we would haul scrap metal from you know just a junkyard somewhere to a scrap processing plant we'd haul it from the scrap processing plant to the foundry they'd melt it down you know create their product which might be just be one step in the manufacturing process to an end product we'd haul it to the next processing plant you know that same metal would get shipped around multiple times so these increased costs are going to be, you know, tenfold 
over the course of the product's life from, from raw material to end item. Absolutely. And that, uh, that hits, uh, you know, poor people the most, obviously, and even middle class people. I mean, that, that affects everybody. And these politicians, when they come up with these rules and these crazy ideas, you know, these schemes, they don't think about, you know, the end result of their actions ever. But the it's all to protect the environment. It's That's all to protect right. the environment. Right, this right. And so it balances out, right? right? Because we're saving a couple bunnies, you know, that, that's okay that a couple poor people can't afford their ramen noodles. And this is just speculation, but I don't know they're saving a couple bunnies because think about the EPA. Think about how it gets its fingers into almost anything that it can. Yeah. Think about how much cost it increases in any market that it invades, any kind of industry that it goes into, especially the transportation industry. Yeah, and, and especially the all, the, industry. all the mess, all the uh, the screw ups that it has. Right, and and you know, so it's increasing the cost for everybody, and there's a demand for green things, green vehicles, mm-hmm. green this, green that. Very trendy now. Yeah, it is, and it's obviously popular, and people are willing to pay more for it. But if they're already paying more for their regular, normal, everyday items because of these standards and because of these regulations and the EPA butting in and just business, they don't have the money to pay for the maybe upgraded item or their hybrid version of the same car. Mm-hmm. I, have what to, have you. I have to flush my toilet eight times now because of those uh, low flow tank regulations. Yeah, Home uh, Depot didn't sell uh, any regular flow ones, apparently. We had a whole weekend trying to fix our toilet. Yes. <laughs> now I have to flush it eight times. Eight times? I've Yeah. The record is 12. Wow. Yeah. I have you know, a tally it's just, board. It's just lowering, in many cases, your standard of living for these far inferior products, uh, it, like cars especially, the hybrid cars, the electric cars. How much of your day is wasted flushing the toilet? And then marking it on the calendar. Flushing the toilet nine times. Every time I flush it, I have to put a mark on the calendar, <laughs> for, and then I just have that tally up. So do you, do you have do you to have wait for it space to, on the calendar? Do you have to wait for it to fill back up before you? <laughs> well, fortunately, it fills back up pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, it has nothing to flow. I mean, it's, yeah. it's low flow. Yeah. There's nothing to fill up. It's like four, four drops. <laughs> this is riveting toilet conversation. It's guys. like the uh, the the stomach cinching uh, operation. Oh, a little plastic uh, collar that goes in your yeah, 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 for your toilet. Oh. Yeah. It allows less to fill up, so it fills up quicker, but uses That's less. That's disgusting. I would never get a. That's a thing on your stump. You like band your yeah insides. You know, rather than getting a low flow toilet, why don't you just solve it yourself? Don't spend the money. Use your old high flow toilet and stick a brick or a bottle of water in your tank. That way, the volume in your tank is reduced by whatever you put in there. I think we should go and around the room. Displacement. I think we need to go around the room and come up with a better idea for bathrooms. All right. So you go into if the it's bathroom. Yellow, let it mellow. You obviously. go into the bathroom, and instead of a toilet, it's a river just flowing right through. Then or like the trough, like at a, like a, a sports river. stadium. Because that wouldn't be With expensive or anything. No. And the people who live downstream, <laughs> you know, it just goes into the next apartment. I saw a thing called a female urinal, urinal today. <laughs> Interesting times we live Why in. Why are you in the female bathroom looking at the female urinals? More coming up, 603-435-1105. We'll be, we'll be taking your calls. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, where you can talk about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105, kicking off hour number two. This is Luther. And Nick Ryder. And Andrew. And we've had a pretty exciting show so far. Riveting, really. Uh, we're going to continue on, and we'll be taking your calls if you if you make them, 603-435-1105. 
Uh, Andrew, you got anything to talk about? Uh, yeah, I do, but uh, Nick sold me a very expensive solitaire machine oh. that doesn't connect to the internet. My goodness. All right. <laughs> All right, then. In that case, I have uh, something we were talking. Sh- he should have it I do, right I there. do have it. Yeah, hang on one second. Okay. Well, while you're waiting on that, because we don't really have time to wait, we'll come All back right. to it. Um, we were talking last hour, uh, last segment actually, about uh, the EPA regulating the trucking industry. So this is kind of along those lines about being green, which we were talking about. And uh, apparently trees are better at absorbing pollution than most greenies will have you think. Uh, this comes from uh, discovery.com, uh, news.discovery.com, excuse me. It's uh, by Larry O'Hanlon. So can we call all greenies anti-tree? I don't know. What? I don't, why would that even? Well, because they're not speaking as positively about trees as they could. <laughs> they're underestimating trees. Yeah. Well, personally, I think they're all kooks, but uh, I'll continue. <laughs> Some common and dangerous air pollutants found in cities can be absorbed by plants at far greater rates than ever suspected. This, the discovery has big implications for modeling how vegetation affects pollu- pollutants, as well as how particles in the atmosphere affect human health and global warming. The finding comes from a fruitful and unusual collaboration of plant geneticists and atmospheric scientists. The plant scientists found that the genes used by the plants and the conditions under which they are activated uh, that allow more volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, to be absorbed, while the atmospheric scientists uh, lugged equipment around the globe to verify that the plants were indeed sucking up pollutants in the real world. It's been hard to measure uh, this in the real world, says Thomas Carl of the National Center for Atmospheric Research. That's why we hauled this uh, instrument all around the world. Carl led the fieldwork, uh, which involved gathering and immediately analyzing air samples in remote forests using a 200-pound washing machine-sized mass spectrometer. He is also the lead author on a paper reporting the discovery in the October 21st issue of Science, Exper- uh, Science Express. Excuse me. Our goal was to... Uh, was to really be in places that were undisturbed to mimic the most natural case, says Carl. Uh, That took them to seven locations in more than six years. Among the specific discoveries is is that deciduous plants take up about a third more oxygenated oxygenated, (laughs) VOCs, a form of pollutant that has reacted with oxygen than previously thought. These oxygenated VOCs uh, came from uh, burning gasoline, forest, and other biomass fires and are, are e- even released uh, by some kinds of trees. Oh, so the trees are destroying the uh, a- environment now, I guess. You know, I'm kind of skeptical of the power of these trees. I saw a Top Gear episode where they drove a Land Rover and ran the exhaust through a towable greenhouse. They were towing behind the Land Rover to clean up what? all the CO2. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. Just killed the plants? No, the greenhouse fell apart while driving down the road. Oh, well, that's pretty <laughs> typical. <laughs> but of, I guess well, I guess to have enough trees to uh, absorb all of that, they needed like a few football fields worth. Yeah. Couldn't they just... Oh, I see what you're saying. They should just build a big greenhouse like inside of a track and then run the cars around a track. That would be easier than towing a greenhouse. But what if you need to go somewhere outside of the track? Yeah, and you got to build a big greenhouse. It's you have to cheaper. be committed to your projects. I'm sorry I, I that think these we already have this. <laughs> I think we already have this. It's called the, the just the environment, the world, is yeah. a big greenhouse. Yeah. You know, it, it does have this sort of greenhouse effect to it. I mean, um, so 
So I'll continue. Uh, uh, Carl here, the scientist, continues with, uh, the trees actually clean up more than we thought. That's uh, extremely useful information when trying to figure out what's happening globally. The work will be used by modelers, Carl said, uh, working on Earth system models which attempt to try to take into account and simulate as many uh, processes as possible. This paper is very interesting to me because we want to understand the sources and the sinks of VOC pollutants, said researcher Qi Zhang of, Univers- of the University of California at Davis. Of particular interest are particles called secondary organic aerosols, or SOAs. They have all these wonderful uh, acronyms, just like the government for this stuff, uh, that are created by oxygenated VOCs. These SOAs, <laughs> or son of an asshole, are extremely important, Zhang said, because they can serve uh, as seeds for cloud droplets. Uh, affect, affect the way the atmosphere holds heat, and they are a major cause of disease and death in urban areas. SOAs are more deadly than car accidents, Zhang told Discovery News. Now that, uh, now that the plant genes for grabbing VOCs are understood, there could be a future application for them in helping to clean cities, said uh, Shandak Basu of the University of Northern Cal- uh, Colorado. Helping to clean cities? Yeah, I, I guess uh, from... Pollution? From SOAs and VOCs. Have you not been listening? Not These strings not of letters really. are very I am, dangerous. I am like passed out almost. Yeah. Well, uh, it's obviously not. There's too many trees around. I can't breathe. Well, we should cut them down. <laughs> well, it, it, the reason I, I really brought this up is because it, I, I'm not convinced that uh, uh, that the earth is going to fall into some type of uh, man-made environmental catastrophe like uh, the carbon emissions and the hole in the ozone layer and global warming and all that stuff. I mean, and more and more we're just finding uh, information and studies that kind of disprove a lot of well, that. Well, as, mu- as much as we love Gene the Christian Anarchist, he makes a, a lot of points when he calls in. He says the Earth has taken pretty much anything you could throw at it, and he contends that we could try to destroy the Earth and it would never even even feel it yeah drive anywhere outside of downtown Keene, and you see nothing but trees oh yeah and a hundred years ago those trees weren't here and in, in most of new england it's been forested yeah Do all either, the new forests up here are new growth does forests. anyone else have the urge to like pull over and just wander into the woods and see what's in there yeah just me Oh no! Well, okay. I, no, I used to. Yeah, it's called hiking. Yeah, oh, I, well, right. I used to do it all the time no, when I, I lived mean, out like, of town. While I'm driving, I just want to pull over. Just yeah, run yeah. Into the woods. There's a there's a particular spot out on Route Nine I'd like to go walk around. I yeah, if you see somewhere nice, they have lots of little pull offs where they have trails just randomly leading off into the. Well, woods not up even here. a trail. I don't. I don't really need a trail. I just like to walk around the woods. All right. Fun. Well, you're just weird. Well, you find all kinds of cool stuff. Like I found a an old wrecked car once um, out in the woods. What? It was, yeah, it was a it was a truck from like the 30s or 40s. How would it get there? Well, it, there the used to be a f- around it. There used to be a farm road there. It was there before the trees. I, I don't know about that, um, but uh, apparently, uh, my landlord. I talked to him about it because it was on his property, and he said that it, it had been there for over sixty years when his father was coming up uh, hmm. to the area. And uh, I found a lot of golf balls, and I was talking to my neighbor who goes hiking out there, and he said he found eighty-seven to date, or something like that. Just somebody was practicing his drives out out in the, the field. Going into the woods, so. Well, it just reminds me of the bottom of lakes and oceans. Once something goes down there, it never comes back. Yeah, actually, and, where I used to live, there was um, a lake that was man-made, and I guess there used to be a town, and the town kind of died, and there was nothing left, really, except for a few barns and cars, mm-hmm. and they just dammed up a stream for 
you know, a couple of weeks or whatever, and it just filled up this lake. There's an underwater city? Yeah. And yeah. People go snorkeling there and oh, look at the old cars and the, the old barns and scuba diving. Yeah. 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 Um, there was a movie based off of that kind of. Yeah. Waterworld. Uh, Aquatic yeah, Costner. That, that 1996. Underwater city? <laughs> I think. I don't know. No, it's called In Dreams. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was Waterworld. <laughs> well, I guess you would know better than I. Um, so I guess I won't finish this really boring story, Nick, if, uh, if you're over there snoring. <laughs> All right. Fine with me. <laughs> what do you want to talk about instead? All right. I have a story. All right. It actually takes place near us here in Keene, New Hampshire. Um, six New Hampshire state boring. troopers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> six New Hampshire state troopers of Troop C in Keene, New Hampshire swooped down on 83-year-old Helen Quinn's property on July 30th, 2009 while she was in town shopping. They quickly euthanized four of her six horses, brought in town of Ackworth heavy equipment, dug a huge hole, and buried them before she got home. So basically, this old lady was in downtown shopping, and she came home to find that her horses were missing. Wow, that's... Uh, the state uh, troopers committed to murder I mean, That's these atrocious. Horses. That is a crime against this poor old lady. More coming up, 603-435-1105, Free Talk Live. That's the number. Call in, and we'll be taking your calls. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. That's the number you call in, and uh, we'll be taking your calls. You can call in about anything. This is Luther. Nick Ryder. And Andrew. And. <laughs> and. So. And. Want to get back to the story? Uh, well, actually, first I want to bring us a word from our very generous sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the interwebs. Yes, this is so cool. Did you know there are smart folks all over the world who need to meet you? Why? Well, if you're from an English-speaking country, then check out english.freetalklive.com right this very second to find out. If you're listening to this podcast, then pause it right now and check out the site. Go to english.freetalklive.com and discover how to create your own online business. All you need to get started is the ebook, the internet, Skype, a webcam, and a microphone. What an inexpensive way to become your own boss that oversees a rewarding and challenging job that requires your unique creativity and passion. Pause the podcast and visit english.freetalklive.com. So, uh, I got a story here, guys. This is from uh, breakthematrix.com. It's entitled The uh, the Ten... Well, that's awesome that you have a story. Yeah, congratulations. But we started the one that Andrew had about the older woman with Did the we? horses. I yeah, mean, I don't care if we go on to like the next <laughs> okay, story. Okay, well, well, we'll come back to this one. I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> no, you're not. You're right. No, if any, if it was anybody else, yeah, I'd be sorry. But okay. I have no sympathy or empathy <clears throat> for you. Just to recap, uh, Keene, New Hampshire, 83-year-old woman, Helen Quinn, was out shopping and comes home to find four of her six horses were euthanized by the state police and buried in her backyard while she was out shopping. And the story goes on. They had no valid warrant, nor did Helen receive any due process of law. According to State Trooper Sergeant Almstrom, reporting to the Keene Sentinel, New Hampshire State Veterinarian Stephen Crawford euthanized the horses. Yet, in direct contradiction to to the trooper's account, two eyewitnesses claim that it was not the New Hampshire State Veterinarian. 
They recognized and witnessed a Chester, Vermont veterinarian, Roger Ossenchuk, put the horses to sleep. Then it goes on links to the articles. And speaking with Mrs. Quinn, it was found that when she came home from shopping, her barn was empty. In a state of panic, she called New Hampshire 911 to report them missing. You know, what everyone's told to do. When you have a problem, call 911, right? Right. So this old lady, 83-year-old woman, you know, what's she supposed to do? She comes home, six horses are missing. Horses are not cheap. No. Maintaining horses are not cheap. And they're animals. You're obviously going right. to create a personal sure bond with she cares with these. very much yeah. about these horses, or else she wouldn't be so shocked that they're missing. Right. Anyway, <clears throat> what she receives after she reported the missing was a phone call from a not-yet-identified Troop C, now the same troop that was from Keene that uh, went and killed her horses, a Troop C state trooper yelling at her and demanding that she never call 911 again. How dare you call that your horses are dead that we killed? She didn't even find out what happened to her horses until a friend from Swansea, New Hampshire, called her on the phone to tell her what he had witnessed and that he had custody of two of her horses, saving them from the deadly needle. And speaking with Miss Quinn last evening, she related to me that she is still in disbelief of what happened. She is devastated as these horses had been with her from the time they were babies. They were her family, her only family. She also stated that this whole thing had to have been planned in advance, premeditated in order for everyone to be there to carry this out quickly in the short time that she was away from home. As an elderly, elderly woman, Mrs. Quinn had made arrangements and paid individuals to care for her horses and put her trust in them to alert her to any problems. She even had a farrier living on the property to care for her horse's feet. Now, does that sound like somebody who was abusing horses? And the article doesn't say the exact reason the horses were killed. Right. But, you know, That's the conclusion usually... you come to is they were being abused. Well, So the solution is obviously kill the horses that if, were being abused. If they were being abused, they would come and take the horses. They wouldn't... Uh... They wouldn't just put them down right there. Right. What possible reason could they have to come and kill them? I, I can't think of any unless they, you know, they had a broken leg, you know, and they had to put down or something like that. Or, you know, there was. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. The, and it says <clears throat> the only paperwork that Miss Quinn ever found regarding this whole situation was an incomplete warrant, which she found lying in the mud in her driveway. This incomplete unsigned warrant specifies only a search of the animals in her possession. It gives no authority to act in euthanizing them. So, so it's incomplete. So does that mean it it wasn't signed by a judge? Does right. It? It's unsigned. It's yeah. an unsigned warrant. It's just a piece of paper saying whatever they wanted to say, but it's not signed by any judge. Right. No judge in his right mind would sign this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, who would Plenty. get the authority to go kill horses? Uh, I'm sure you could convince some pretty... Yeah, and there's a couple I particular ones here in Keene that yeah, I Yeah, I wouldn't put it wouldn't past, put it past them, them, basic. But according to the article, the warrant says it was only to search for horses... Even if the judge had signed it, the police weren't authorized to go in and kill them. And to do something like that as a human being, you have to really convince yourself that you have total control over someone else's property. Right. It's it's sickening. It's sociopathic behavior to me. And I'm sure none of them were held accountable. Right. And I wonder how long they were watching her before this, because obviously they went there when they knew she wasn't home. Right. You know, and they knew she'd be out for a while. So they must have been staking out her house or following her. God knows what to this poor old woman. Right. I mean, it seems like an unprovoked incident to me, and I don't have all the information, but what 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 could you do that would warrant this type of reaction? Right, and don't the cops run into the facade of protecting the weak, the old people, the young children? Right. You know, this woman's clearly elderly, 83 years old. And they, they claim that. They certainly do, but it's clearly not their modus operandi. They, they just want to, they're out to enforce their rules, you know, they're stupid 
especially the ones that are victimless crimes. They want to extract money from you. They want to um, exercise power over you, you know, and it, it, a job like that attracts just the worst out of humanity, in my opinion. You know, just they, they, these people, they don't care about their actions. They, they're so apathetic, you know, when they've done you wrong, you know, cause, and they'll always hide behind the excuse, well, I'm just doing my job. And you know what? The Nazis did the same thing. It didn't make it right for them to do it either. That is not a valid excuse, in my opinion. You know, and I, I've encountered the state police here in New Hampshire, specifically from this same uh, location that these officers were from. And I haven't had all terrible experiences. One morning I got pulled over for speeding on my way to work Mm -hmm. and I was let go. So I guess the cop was being nice by not hassling me any further than holding me on the side of the road for a few minutes. You're lucky he didn't kill your dog. Well, she wasn't with me. Right. I'm just saying. (laughs) He he could have found out where you lived, waited for you to be out of the house and... uh, That's going a little extreme, but still. And killed your dog. Well, when I did get pulled over with my dog, I was very frightened of that. Like when I when they had me exit the car, I had my right. dog on me, and she's it's, a little baby of a dog. Especially since they had a dog too. Yeah, they have a big German Shepherd. I have a little eighteen pound mutt. Yeah. Uh, is there any more? Um, that's pretty much it. It says this is not the first time the police have done this, and I'm not sure the location exactly on this. It keeps referencing Troop C and Keene. But it also says Ackworth, New Hampshire. The town brought in heavy equipment to dig their grave for the horses. Um, and it says it was Sullivan County also. So so, not, so they were trying to cover it up. I'm not positive. So so maybe it was an accident and they panicked? You maybe. Think? Maybe. I, I don't know. Why would they you bury accidentally them? killed yeah. uh, four horses. By the third one, I think you learn how to not accidentally I, kill I think horses. it would be easier to haul the dead horses away from the property than to bring in heavy equipment to dig a, a, a grave and bury them in the backyard of the residence. Right. Well, did she not notice that her backyard was upturned? I don't know. I mean, who knows how big a property was. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of fields. questions, uh, not enough information, I guess, but this seems like a case of uh, the government wronging someone. Um, 603-435-1105 is the number. Call in and give us your opinion on the situation. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 605-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. This is the show where you take control. This is Luther. It's Nick Ryder. And Andrew. And um, we got a uh, little something that happened uh, with Hallmark and their cards. This, um, this happened several months ago. And, right. And the video went around a couple times. It's just... A ridiculous overreaction on someone's part. Uh, a, f- a few people's part, it seems to me. I, I think so, too. A- and I really don't think I'm being insensitive about it. Uh, but uh, we'll go ahead and play the audio clip for you. You need uh, to turn on the audio on that computer yeah. before you do anything. <laughs> Sorry about that, y'all. Let's try the graduation card sold at local stores has been pulled from shelves after a civil rights group raised concerns about the content. The group claims the card's micro-speaker plays a greeting that's racist. And I would as news reporter Miriam Hernandez explains why this card has come under attack. It is a graduation greeting from Hallmark. Hey, world! We're officially putting you on notice! Yeah! 
members of the Los Angeles NAACP did take notice. And as characters known as Hoops and Yo-Yo banter on, African-American leaders hear demeaning language. And you black holes, you're so ominous. <laughs> black holes. And you planets, watch your back. That was very demeaning to African-American women. Yeah, now the card looks like um, it's a space-themed card. Well, it's a bunch of, yeah, and it's a bunch of little bunnies in graduate costumes, right? Right. Holding diplomas. And then the little speaker inside plays something like, uh, Hey, you black holes, you're ridiculous or something. Watch out for black holes or something. Yeah. Because you've, you know, you've graduated college or high school or whatever, and now you can take on the space. Assumably in astronomy or astrophysics. Sure. Well, I, I don't really understand the card and why you would get this for somebody just because they Because graduated. you're shooting for the stars. <laughs> Once you graduate, now you can shoot for the stars, but just watch out for black holes. All right. Usually you reach for the stars. Shooting's kind of violent. Whatever. That was very demeaning to African-American women. When they made reference to African-American women as whores and at the end says, <laughs> watch your back. Whoa, whoa. Where, where did it reference <laughs> whores? I don't know. I guess black holes turn into black whores? Black hoes? I, I don't know. I, I I think they're just hearing it wrong. That's just me. I think they're hearing what they want to hear. Yeah, I'm exactly. all about unity, but this is, you know. That's right. <laughs> unity as one stand together. Ain't nothing wrong. Hallmark, reached by phone, says it is all a misunderstanding. The card's theme is the solar system and the power of the grad to take over the universe, even energy-absorbing black holes. The intent here is to say... This graduate's not afraid of anything. But that is not what Even was heard here. Wait, what? In there, whores, and that whole, the R is in there. Now they're interviewing a lady that says, you can hear it say, whores, on the, on yeah, the card. Yeah, but we yeah. listen to it, and I'll go back in a bit and show you, but like, it doesn't say whores at all. It clearly says black holes. And she, I don't know. she's talking like she's saying a fact that there's an R in the word. The R is in there. Yeah. I guess to her ears it is, but not to mine or to anyone with a brain. Uh, well, I mean, people are always going to pick up phonemes differently depending on uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, their dialect, the what specific you know dialect of the language they're speaking. Like, Well, right, but they, she heard the same thing that you and I just heard. I hope you got this card when I, you graduated dialect I'm saying college. she'll interpret it differently based on her dialect. Yeah. But, but even still, that's a stretch to suggest that it's saying horse. Hallmark sent us this transcript, but Minnie Hatley says the actual audio raises questions. It sounds like a group of children laughing and joking about blackness. Again. Hallmark is now notified. <laughs> Again? Again? <laughs> a group, a, that group's been at it for years. She's at a, <laughs> she's at a press conference. They let the kids, uh, they've struck again. They're laughing and joking. Those damn little bunnies. About Yo-yo and whatever. Yeah. Buying all its stores to pull the card. Walgreen and CVS are doing the same. The card maker says the card has been out for three years. This is the first time they've received a complaint. In any situation where there is a, a circumstance that we need to be sensitive to, we try to learn from that experience. The NAACP says their message is clear. And we do not want to see this ever ever again. Miriam Hernandez, ABC7 Eyewitness News. Wow. Now, now, what do they want out of this? I mean, what do they want money? What, 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 what's their goal here? Um, no attention, obviously. I, I, I guess so. their press conference. 
Well, yeah. Here, I'm going to play it again and give us a call, 603-435-1105. Let us know if you're hearing what they're hearing or if you're hearing what we're hearing. As characters known as Hoops and Yo-Yo banter on, African-American leaders hear demeaning language. And you black holes, you're so ominous. (laughs) What do you guys hear? I totally heard black whores. I'm offended. (laughs) I won't stand for this. I need to leave the room. Well, I heard holes. Um, I I don't know. Well, I guess I'll uh, go back to my story from Break the Matrix, which I... uh, was so in- rudely interrupted by your story, Andrew. I didn't interrupt you. Uh, <laughs> someone else interrupted you saying it was boring. Quick, get another article. <laughs> I have a couple. This one is called the Top 10 Cannabis Studies the Government Wished It Had Never Funded. Uh, a drug, Obama drug policy calls for drug, drugged driving charges for unimpaired marijuana users. And I, I've said this many times, the only... Uh, the only Thing that the worst thing that ever happens when you're driving stoned is you might miss your turn and be like, "Oh crap, man! I gotta make a U-turn now." That's that's about it. Or you you might get lost. Never done it. When I'm driving stoned, I just slow down to the pace that everyone else is going. Right. And I'm not so aggravated by slow people in front of me, <laughs> which so usually it's you a are. Good thing. You you will freak out. Well, the only reason they get up in the morning is to get in front of me and slow me down. <laughs> well, why do you, you need to be so fast? Because I have places I gotta go. <laughs> Obviously, no one else does because they're going too damn slow. Uh, they're going the speed limit, you mean? Or less. <laughs> yeah, they do do that. Uh, I get caught behind them. Especially and, here. In New yeah, Hampshire. there's not a lot of two-lane highways around here. It's kind of a pain. Uh, but before we get into this, uh, we're going to take your calls. Uh, Free Talk Live, who's this? This is Kirby. <laughs> hey, Keith, where are you calling Hello, from? Oh my chickadees. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind tonight, Keith? Well, I mean, this is pretty shocking. So is is the entire NAACP racist and sexist against black women, or is it just this you, one individual? Because clearly this, this woman was saying that, you know, she hates black women. I mean, I don't know what... Did, I did to she the, say the it, tape. or did she say I it? I listened to the tape. The tape didn't mention anything about black whores. It, it didn't even talk. It was a completely different subject. She just decided that she wants to have a press release and make fun of black women. So Wait, I Kirby. Know if, Kirby, you have this on tape? <laughs> he, no, I listened to your tape. He listened to the tape. I don't over, think I have it on tape He enhanced either. the audio. <laughs> so on a scale of 1 to 10, how drunk are you tonight? No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, do you think the NAACP is racist or are they just sexist or both? Because that's I think, what we really we should be talking about here. Well, I think the NAACP is a group of people, and they don't have one particular thought or viewpoint. Actually, but they do. Their their purpose is to advance people who are or not white. <laughs> For at risk of sounding unpolitical, they are kind <laughs> of racist because they need to focus on things that are advancing people right. that they're, are not they're right. Their racial right. is to find people. thing. Their job is to find things to be offended about. You know, in general, I mean, they would put it in a nicer way, but that's... I I guess so. It seems to me that it would be more constructive, you know, to get more, have more community involved uh, projects, you know, cleanups and stuff like that. Right. And I think, I think think any racial organization, go ahead, Kirby. I think they should be like, you know, featured as guests on Jerry Springer because on Jerry Springer, I've seen black people that hate black people and white people hate white people. I know it happens. Right. So I, I think that we should, you know, the NAACP should maybe like start doing commercials for Jerry Springer or 
just featured as guests because they seem to get along. I mean, they would make perfect guests. All right. Any other thoughts, Keith? Good. Cut him off. <laughs> yep. All right. 603-435-1105 is the number. Free Talk Live. More coming up. That wasn't nice. He was our only call. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number you can call in and talk about anything you want. This is Luther. Oh, and Nick Ryder. And Andrew. Good save. And earlier in the show, uh, the beginning, we uh, talked about a young man in Toledo, Ohio, uh, who was out riding his bike, uh, got stopped by a cop, and the cop decided to go fishing, looking for anything he could do to get this guy arrested. And uh, he's, he's on line three right now. So, Ian, you with us. Yes, I am. How's it going, guys? Good. Good to hear from you. Good so, to be heard. Yeah. So, uh, are, have there been any, any uh, further developments? Like, has the court uh, date come up yet? Uh, court date has been rescheduled. Uh, when I originally wrote the story, it was a week before my pretrial. Pretrial's now been moved to December 1st, but I'm now in contact with a proper attorney. Uh, Excellent. Who's, yeah, who's, been, who's actually locked horns with Toledo more than once. And one, so oh, good, things are good. Think, yeah, things are looking good. Good, good. Um, so <laughs> I had a question. I lost it. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's all right. So how come you're not in New Hampshire yet, or how come you weren't in New Hampshire when this happened? If you came to visit, that's a fantastic question. Um, I've got family obligations and circumstances keeping me here in Toledo. I am a signed member of the Free State Project, and I do like to make it out to New Hampshire when I can. But uh, you, you'll see me there again. All right, that's good. I feel for you. I used to work uh, in Detroit a lot, and I drive through Toledo getting there, and it's not a fun place. I think I was pulled over there once. Oh, Toledo's outside. a very fun place. Oh, it is? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I didn't see it. Are there casinos? <laughs> no. Oh. Oh, then it can't be fun, according to Nick. Oh, okay. So uh, uh, is are there any ways that uh, folks can help out? Um, the story that I wrote, I did post on the Free Keen Forum in the general discussion. I did include the phone numbers of the departments involved, uh, mm -hmm. to include Washington Township Police, the Lucas County Sheriff's, and an uh, email address for the mayor of Toledo. Excellent, excellent. So people can uh, call in or write in and uh, let them know what they think about this uh, egregious... Ask, let them know what they think, ask questions about what happened. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, really those... important is to ask questions. Absolutely. And there was another event uh, about two days after the arrest that I, that I didn't write about, but to me was every bit as troubling. Uh, I had a police officer knock on my door at home, and, well, I hadn't called him. So about two minutes, well, I, this is funny, I let him sit there for a minute, standing on my uh, come back with a warrant doormat, which I did <laughs> order from Amazon.freetalklive.com. Nice. Excellent. But uh, then... Uh, yeah, then my roommate from the other end of the house told me, hey, there's a cop blocking us in, and he's asking your neighbor questions about you. So apparently there was a small robbery somewhere in the neighborhood, and just for some reason the Toledo police just targeted you. First. Well, was this the targeted same department? Me. Was this the same department or different another? Department. Okay. This was a different department. Two days earlier it was arrested on the other side of the river just about 
quarter mile from my house. And, yeah, so I'd never been arrested in Toledo before, but now I have a Toledo cop who thinks I'm a person of interest. Right. I just happen to have a recent arrest. Right. Well, you know, these uh, the, they pull the thick blue line uh, in close, you know, on stuff like this. You know, they, they watch each other's back. you got to watch out for those troublemakers who well, ask not, questions. Not only that, but anyone who rides a bicycle without lights is clearly a uh, thief, too. And a militia. Oh, man. right, yes. Uh, so, uh, and I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, anything else on your mind? Anything else you wanted to talk about tonight? No, I just want to thank you guys for reading the story. I really appreciate the exposure. Yeah, no, not a problem, man. I, I, when I first read it, I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing I ever, I had ever heard. Well, not ever, but it was outrageous. Right, but it's up there. Uh, I gotta say, I do consider myself kind of lucky because I've, you read enough bad cop stories and... I did walk away from this one without a scratch on me, so yeah. I'm counting, counting my blessings at least in that department. Yeah, but they they saw they saw to it to take away your blanket and shoes and, and cot and just leave you. Uh, it's yeah. like it's like going yeah, to the casino and cool. losing two thousand dollars and saying, "Well, at least I didn't lose ten thousand dollars." Right. Small consolation. Yep. It so, could have been worse, but it could have been better. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, up here in New Hampshire sometime soon, either visiting or uh, finally getting settled. Uh, you planning on making it out to uh, Liberty Forum or Porkfest? I would love to. All so right. Well, I'll see you there. All right. Hopefully. All right. 603-435-1105. Uh, we're still taking your calls. Um, I'm going to go on to my Break the Matrix uh, article. Uh, top 10... Uh, the top 10 studies the government wished it had never funded. Um, number 10, marijuana, uh, marijuana use has no effect on morality. A massive study of California HMO members funded by the National Institute of, on Drug Awareness found marijuana use caused no significant increase in morality. Tobacco was associated with increased risk of death. Sydney, uh, at- Mortality? Is that what you mean? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. It's been uh, it's been quite a long weekend. I'm, uh, I'm I'm sitting here totally confused as to why marijuana would increase morality. morality. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, I uh, I was doing this earlier. Actually, I was doing some readings, and instead of uh, free market, I was saying flea market like over and over <laughs> again. You can tell I've got other things on my mind. Uh, tobacco use was associated with the increased risk of death. Uh, Sydney S et al. Um, marijuana use and mortality. Okay, so it's just citing uh, the study. Number nine, heavy marijuana use uh, as, y- as a young adult won't ruin your life. Veterans Affairs scientists looked at whether heavy marijuana use as a young adult caused long-term problems later, studying identical twins in which one twin had been a heavy marijuana user for a year or longer but had stopped at least one month before the study, while the second twin had used marijuana no more than five times ever. Marijuana use had no significant impact on physical or mental health um, uh, healthcare utilization, health-related quality of life, or current socio-demographic characteristics. Um, and I, I would agree with this. I think you can. It, it's more about your own personal mindset and how responsible, how responsible you want to be. Anyway, like you, there are functioning potheads. There are high-functioning potheads. You know, it, it doesn't make you a zombie. Oh, yeah. There are guys at my work who don't operate unless they, you know, smoke a bowl before they head out. There are those folks, too. And they're some of the most productive guys I know, too. Yeah. This is a correlation causation issue. 
similar to people who graduate college make $2 million more over their lifetime. Now, is that because they're a dedicated person that can dedicate themselves to finishing college, or is it because they have that college degree? Right. Uh, my I have an uncle who dropped out of college, and he runs his own business. He runs right. many businesses. He's, oh, I would consider him successful. Yeah. And he's somebody I look up to. Like I, I dropped out of high school and college. You know, it didn't seem to be getting anywhere. It would just cut into, uh, it would just cut into my my time that I could be working. <clears throat> Number eight, the gateway effect may be a mirage. Marijuana is often called a gateway drug by supporters of prohibition, who point to statistical associations indicting that person, uh, that persons who use marijuana are more likely to eventually try hard drugs than those who never use marijuana implying that marijuana use somehow causes hard drug use. But a model developed by Randcorp, research Andrew, uh, researcher Andrew Mor- Morrill, or Morrell, uh, demonstrates that these associations can be explained without requiring a gateway effect. More likely, this federally funded study suggests some people simply have an underlying uh, propensity to try drugs and start with what's most readily available. I would argue that Things more things like what you might find in your medicine cabinet, like triple C's or Robitussin or cigarettes that you can steal from your parents or get your older brother to buy you. Sharpies. <laughs> yeah. Gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Spray gas. paint. I'm yep. a lightweight, so <laughs> glue. You know, these these are things that kids try most likely before they try marijuana. Right. And the whole gateway drug thing is a bunch of bunk. Right. Uh, it's all just government propaganda. There used to be a sign in my old town where I used to live. It was a picture, it was a billboard, it's a picture of a joint on the one side, and as it continued down along the joint, it turned into a syringe. <laughs> I mean, wow. It was just, yeah, I'm glad tax money went to that. Yeah. Uh, How much would that sell for on the streets? A syringe joint? <laughs> I don't know. On you're, the streets? You're in that game, not me. On the, on, only on one street. You can only get enough for one street, I assume. I don't know. Maybe you have multiple streets you work <laughs> if you're selling your joint syringes. Uh, number seven, prohibition doesn't work. Part one, the White House had a national had the National Research Council examine the data being gathered about drug use and the effects of of the U.S. drug policies. NRC concluded the uh, the nation possesses little information about the effectiveness of current drug policy, especially of drug law enforcement. And what data exists show data ex, and what data exists show little apparent relationship between severity and sanctions prescribed by drug use and prevalence or frequency of use. In other words, there is no proof that prohibition, the cornerstone of the U.S. drug policy for a century, reduces drug use. So there you have it. The study that the United States government did itself proves that their own prohibition is ridiculous. 603-435-1105 is the number. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105 is the number. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. This is Luther. And Ryder. <laughs> and Andrew. Well, wait, is it Ryder or Nick Ryder? I forgot my first name that time, Nick Ryder. <laughs> I forgot to say it. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. Are you concerned with the continuing drop in value of your dollars? Yes. 
Are you looking for an alternative currency you can trust? Absolutely. Then check out Shire Silver at ShireSilver.com. There you'll find information about available products, co-branding, how you can become a merchant, and which merchants are currently accepting cards. Shire Silver is the size of a credit card and fits easily into your wallet. The small denominations of silver and gold make it easy to spend and make change. The cards are a sort of combination between store loyalty cards and bullion. So check out ShireSilver.com today to learn how you can get involved with promoting a free market alternative currency. Shire Silver, defending traditional value. All right. Uh, we are talking about top 10 uh, studies the government did on marijuana that they wish they hadn't. But we're going to go to the phones uh, as callers come first to Jerry. Jerry, you with us? Yeah, hi. Hey, um, what do you want to talk about? Well, I wanted to talk about the semi thing you guys were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my dad about it, and he said that um, a lot of guys are tearing engines out of old semis, put them in new semis. Right, a lot of them, right. as I understand it, are less restrictive. Yeah. Wait, why Why are they doing this? To get to save money? Or? Taking, well, yeah, they're, saving the, they're tearing the engines out of old semis and putting them in new semis. Right. And they're, because the engines work better. Right. Right, they're less restrictive. They have less, uh, basically, parasites that drain power for you know economy yeah. standards, and a lot of times they're more powerful. Uh, they oh, might did you get talk better. about that? No, no. Um, that's just you know my experience. Yeah, Andrew's a car guy. Okay. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting that you know they're going to waste all this time enforcing mm. these standards. And right, and the, and the market will no find wait. What's that? And no one's going to really follow them. Right, the market will find alternatives and ways around these uh these ridiculous regulations. Well, people are either going to follow them and struggle even more so as a, you know a trucker or companies. Or they're going to skirt around them. I mean, it's not going to stop the problem. It's only going to create new problems. Yeah. Right. Uh, any, right. Any, anything else you want to talk about tonight, Jerry? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, space is really racist against black people. Space is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what's the deal with black holes? Why aren't they white holes? Why so is it, all of space dark? Yeah. How can space be racist yeah. against black people? It is black. I don't know. Okay. Only space can make black jokes. Well, yeah, I, I just find oh, it. Okay. I just find it incredibly uh, hypocritical. A lot of times, the racism that flies around. You know, everybody thinks everybody else is racism, uh, or is racist. I mean, and it, it kind of gets out of hand. I mean, it's stupid to judge somebody based on the color of your skin. It's ignorant, um, and it it certainly doesn't reflect. Like me being white does not reflect everything about my my personality. Right, but I had to say, when I was a poor black child in space, I was ridiculed <laughs> every day. Thanks, Steve Martin. <laughs> all right, anything else tonight, Jerry? No, that's all. All right, have a good night. Thanks for calling in. 603-435-1105 is the number. Call in, talk about what you want. Uh, I'm going to continue on with uh, reason number six. Prohibition doesn't work, part deuce. Does prohibition cause the gateway effect? U.S. and Dutch researchers, supported in part by uh, NIDA, compared marijuana users in San Francisco, where non-medical use remains illegal, to Amsterdam, where adults may possess and purchase small amounts of marijuana from regulated businesses. Looking at such parameters as frequency and quality, or quantity, excuse me, of use and age at onset of use, they found no differences except one. 
lifetime use of hard drugs was significantly lower in Amsterdam, with its tolerant marijuana policies. Uh, for example, lifetime crack cocaine use was 4.5 times higher in San Francisco than Amsterdam. Uh, Reinhermann C. Oh, sorry. Uh, number five. Oops. Marijuana may prevent cancer. Part one. Federal researchers implemented several types of cancer, including leukemia and lung cancers, in mice, uh, then treated them with cannabinoids, unique active components found in marijuana. THC and other cannabinoids shrank tumors and increased the mice's life. The mice, mice, mice's. It's so oh, okay, yeah. You're um, turning into a true New Hampshireite because uh, you're emphasizing the first syllable of the words cannabinoid, and you're you're saying. Cannabinoid. Westmoreland instead of Westmoreland, you mean? Yeah. yeah. We had a Westmoreland County in Pennsylvania. Uh, it was Westmoreland. Yeah. Not Westmoreland. Uh, well, when I first moved up here, I was calling places like Spofford, where I used to live. I called it Spoford because down south, that's, that's how you would have pronounced it, you know? Um, I guess that's a good thing, you know? Uh, they, they say that we uh, we don't belong here. We don't fit in here, us free staters, us, us freak Flatlanders. Staters. Yeah, flatlanders. I was called a flatlander when I came to visit. Uh, early 2009. Because you were from Florida? No, I'm, I'm not from He's Florida. not from Florida. Because it's not that mountainous here. Well, we were out doing Robin Hood, where we uh, fill the parking meters in Keene, uh-huh. and we had a guy just kind of flip out on us on camera <laughs> and called us all Flatlanders. <laughs> Flatlander! Go back to where we you We have your woman! <laughs> Did he tell you to get a job? No, no, he didn't do that. That's, that's always surprising. Yeah. Um... Number four, oops, marijuana may prevent cancer, part two. In a 1994 study, the government tried to suppress, that the government tried to suppress, federal researchers gave mice and rats massive doses of THC, looking for cancers and other signs of toxicity. Uh, The rodents given THC lived longer and had fewer cancers. In a dose-dependent manner, uh, i.e., the more THC they got, the fewer tumors. NT, uh, number three. Oops, marijuana may prevent cancer. Part trace. Researchers at the Kaiser uh, uh, Permanente uh, HMO, found by NI, found, funded by NIDA, followed six, 65,000 patients for nearly a decade comparing cancer rates, cancer rates uh, among non-smokers, tobacco smokers, and marijuana smokers. Tobacco smokers had massively higher rates of lung cancer and other cancers. Marijuana smokers, who didn't also use tobacco, had no increase in risk of tobacco-related cancers or of cancer risk overall. In fact, the rates of lung and most other cancers were slightly lower than non-smokers, though the difference did not reach statistical significance. Uh, And, oops, marijuana may prevent cancer part four. This is uh, reason number two. Donald Tashkin, a UCLA researcher whose work is funded by NIDA, did a case control study comparing 1,200 patients with lung, head, and neck cancers to a matched group with no cancer. Even the heaviest marijuana smokers had no increased risk of cancer and had somewhat lower cancer risk than non-smokers. Tobacco smokers had a 20-fold increased lung cancer risk. And the number one... A case study that uh, the federal government wished they hadn't funded. Marijuana does have medical value. In response to passage of California's medical marijuana law, the White House had the Institute of Medicine review the data on marijuana's medical benefits and risks. The IOM concluded 
Nausea, appetite loss, pain and anxiety are all afflictions of wasting uh, and all can be uh, mitigated by marijuana. While noting potential risks of smoking, the report added, we acknowledge that there is no clear alternative for people suffering from chronic conditions that may be relieved by smoking marijuana, such as pain or AIDS wasting. Uh, the government's refusal to acknowledge this funding finding excuse me, caused co-author John A. Benson to tell the New York Times that the government loves to ignore our report, that they would rather it never happened. So there you go. This whole time they uh, try to build it up that marijuana is such an evil thing. Uh, that's do they have dates on these various studies? And, uh, they and do. What time span they they do, they and they have out? the they they've cited the specific um, studies themselves. I just didn't want to go ahead and read those footnotes. Good idea. Yeah. So, but is there a general idea? Is it over ten years, twenty years? What? Um. Well, I, uh, it looks like about. Do you think they 15. just? Do you think they just kept trying new studies? Uh, I think they did. Yeah, it looks like about a 15-year uh, span. So 603-435-1105. That's the number you can call in to talk about anything. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. We are broadcasting live from Keene, New Hampshire. This is Luther. And Nick Ryder. And Andrew. And Nick was dancing just a minute ago for anyone watching on the cam. That is not supposed to go out audio Dance, monkey, dance. That's a secret. <laughs> That's between me and the cam viewers. <laughs> uh, trade secrets is what it is. So, uh... Nick, uh, I believe you have a little uh, short blurb about online gambling. Is that correct? Yeah, it's not specifically about um, any specific legislation going through. It is sort of a, um, a sort of an editorial. It came out today, and it's uh, written by a casino advisor, which is just a world's largest online casino guide based on this. But basically, um, uh, it goes on. Of late, there's been little news on the regulation and legalization of online gambling in the United States of America. The reason for this is that the political system is preoccupied with the midterm elections coming up on November 2nd. The results of these elections hold the fate of the future of online gambling in America, according to this site, which I'm not sure. You know, voting, in my mind, hasn't gotten us anywhere. Right. And uh, if we vote all the right people in, there's no guarantee that they'll uh, put online gambling at the top of their priority list, unfortunately. Right. I mean, there's plenty of other other things that, you know, voters are going to worry about. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they kind of have to sway with the political winds. <laughs> this article claims if the Democrats win in significant numbers, then there's a likelihood that the various online gambling legislations in the pipeline will move ahead. If the Republicans hold sway and there's a very, then there's every chance that these bills will be put in cold storage. So there are bills in, uh, in process right now. Some of them have been introduced in july i think of 2009 i saw so that's how quickly this legislation process goes and um the way online gambling first became illegal in this country was it was attached to a ports security bill um after 9 11 mm-hmm. not directly after but right they uh, they were just trying to shove something through and they piggybacked it with some other causes like- well if we don't stop online gambling the terrorists are going to get us Oh, yeah, yeah. By supporting online gambling, 
you might be supporting terrorists. You can't see that connection there, really. <laughs> well, they do this with all sorts of things, and they, they've done it in the past, too. Like in World War II, they would attach uh, certain activities and behaviors to, you know, your dollars might go towards the Japs or the Nazis or the, you know, anybody on the Axis. You know, it's, it's ludicrous. So this uh, article mentions the Poker Players Alliance and the Poker uh, Political Action Committee, which are organizations um, sort of made up of the same people, that their job is to, or their hobby or whatever they do, is to lobby Congress to try to reverse this uh, criminalization on online gambling. Now, the interesting thing is I've been online gambling for probably seven to eight years at this point. And uh, back before this was illegal... What I had to do was I had to go through a third-party site using my bank account and to get into this website because my bank account and my card um, supplier or provider had a specific rule against gaming. So the site was open about who they were, and my card would not ex- um, go through. So I had to go, you know, roundabout so, way. So even your bank was getting in on the action and preventing and stepping in. And, and this was before it was illegal. Well, it, oh, really? This, this is what I'm saying. Before it was illegal, I had to go in a roundabout way to get funds onto so, my online account. So the bank somehow can prohibit what you can spend your hard-earned money on? Yes. And what type of sense does that make? I mean, obviously, banks want to protect themselves, but if this wasn't even le- illegal at the time, wh- what kind of standing do they have to really say whether you can or can't gamble on I don't know how their policies come about, but their policy was not to allow their cards to be used for online gaming. Now, when it became illegal, all of a sudden, these online sites started hiding who they were. They started going, you know, a little more covert. They were still out there because it's the internet. You know, what? Right. what's the U.S. government going to do? Because these are all offshore. But at that point, I could directly deposit from my card to this site. So when it became illegal, it became easier for me to gamble online <laughs> because they were being less honest about who they were to the banks. Right. Since then, they have, uh, they have caught up with that. And the banks have identified who's who. Right. Well, this is what happens when you prohibit any kind of substance or activity is it just it turns into dishonesty. But getting back to this article, Uh um, these bills that they reference that are going through call for the legalization and regulation of gaming in America, which is really um, I want to be on these people's side because they're sort of on my side. They want to re-legalize online gaming. Mm -hmm. But now they're taking the side of regulating it, which is. Why are we letting the government's hand in this? This is millions well, because, of dollars. Because, Nick, people deciding whether or not they can gamble themselves is very dangerous. You ran a blackjack table recently, and everyone who participated is now dead, including I, myself. I victimized everyone at Free Keen Fest with my blackjack table. Clearly. I mean, what it, we didn't know what we were getting into when we threw our money down and realized the risk that we might not get it back. Yeah, I didn't realize when I lost the chips, it was actually money I was losing. Right. <laughs> and that's what people will claim when they sue casinos. Um, yeah, yeah, I did lose five dollars, jerk. I want my two dollars. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. The problem with John, John, John Cusack. Nick's, Nick's never seen good movies, so he uh, I know he I has don't see poor movies. taste in Jumanji. That's a movie <laughs> shot here in Keene. It's like their claim to fame here. The first thing that the government's going to do when they start regulating online gambling, gambling, taking a tax out of it. That's hurting every single person involved. Yep. Um. And the second thing they're going to do is create rules. And now people who are not so familiar with online gambling might say, well, we need rules because these people online could be cheating. They could be putting bots in there. They could be stacking the deck uh, in their own favor. How are you to to uh, protect yourself 
from putting your money onto this online site and anything can right. happen. Well, and theoretically, anything could happen. I could put my money on an online site and they take it. What are they going to do? Right. But because of the deregulation of online gambling, interrupt me anytime because yeah, I, I well, can ramble ahead. about no, this forever. Continue, Nick. You're, you're so passionate. The deregulation of online gambling means that there are hundreds of poker sites out there, meaning that when one screws someone over, it gets out. Yeah. And everyone jumps ship. For example, ultimatebet.com. Um, now UB.com, I think. They went through a major overhaul recently just to save um, their company because a couple years back, it came out that an employee of Ultimate Bet was logging in um, securely uh, to an account where he could see everyone else's cards. And he was playing poker and he was taking all these pots down and taking all this money in. Yeah, and, sorry about that. And it finally came out that this happened and people jumped ship from Ultimate Bet. Like, there were piranhas in there. Right. And went to all these other sites, and Ultimate Bet almost lost their business. They had to merge with another uh, site just to stay alive. Right. And it's a great example of how, even without regulation, this company almost lost their business because they were proved to be unfair once. Right. The invisible hand of the market regulating itself. I mean, uh, you know, people want honesty when they go to something like this. You know, they want to have a a brand they can depend on, something, something they can trust, you know, not that different from money in general. I mean, and obviously, you know, the the ones who screw you over like that are not going to get your business for very long. They're not going to succeed in the long run. And it's in every businessman's best interest to want to maintain his business for as long as possible. In my mind, it's, an, it's a great example of deregulation in the open marketplace working great. Mm-hmm. And if um, the government gets involved like these bills want to re-legalize but regulate, I can't see it going anywhere but down. Right. Because with, with a barrier of entry, I mean, it's just going to get worse. Yep. That's what the government does. They meddle and make things worse. 603-435-1105 is the number. You can call in and talk about anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. 603-435-1105 is the number. You can call and talk about anything you want. This is Luke Nick Ryder. And Andrew. <laughs> and, well, it's been an interesting show, guys. Ebbing and flowing this way and that. We've discussed all sorts of things. Uh, one thing that we've talked about a couple times has been uh, the trucking industry and the auto industry in general. Uh, and you had an opinion on that, didn't you? Who, me? Andrew, yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. You looked at Nick, so. Uh, he's making noise over here. I had to shut him up. Well, there's been calls recently in the Free Talk Live about these new trucking regulations, about um, how fit a driver needs to be, and overall... How fit well, a driver if you're, needs Well, if to you're be? an indie racer, yeah, but... Right. But truck drivers are generally known for being pretty fat. So at the... At the um, well, yeah, if you sit on your ass all day and eat junk food, because, you know, when you're on the road, that's pretty much what you got. Yeah, you're going you to get a gut. Yeah, you get like, on-the-go I'm starting food, to get fast one. I'm, I'm a skinny little nothing. Yeah. I want to... I never mind. What do you want to... I want to check. Check what? Your gut? Oh, okay. You're getting oh. a gut? It doesn't look... <laughs> never mind, Nick. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> Andrew. All right. So, anyway... Um, I just brought up an article that, that kind of dictates all the uh, the rules and regulations they have to follow now, how the driver's becoming much more responsible for the company's faults, 
and the faults of the truck. And there's a new point system that's federally mandated for all the drivers to follow. And basically, it just makes it very, very easy for the drivers to lose their license for a number of different reasons. Right. Well, they already have, like, it's one of the most regulated industries out there, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, what other industry can you can you be in where you're just doing your job and the cops can stop you at any point they want and do anything they want to you? Search you, go through all your papers, you know, go look, backdate your papers and make sure it's all up to date. Right. Or they can stop you from, from continuing your job for hours while they check you out. And if they find anything wrong with anything they feel like, they can shut you down, put you out of service, shut you down for a lot of times 10 hours, sometimes 34 hours, depending on your logbook. Right, right. You and know. you've got a deadline to make. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you're making money by delivering a load or getting paid by the mile. Right. So you it's know. it's this horrible balancing act and the, the the you know government just makes it even worse. Right. And if you want to look at you know an industry as a whole, I think truckers are pretty disobedient overall. I mean, the CB radio... The main purpose of it, 90% of what you hear on there, is warning about cops sitting on the side of the road mm-hmm. or way stations being open or DOT stops right. being here Well, and isn't there. that how CB radios became popular amongst trucks? Right. That's why they are popular. I'm surprised they haven't been outlawed. But, you know, the arguments we made is for safety to warn of upcoming road hazards. Right. Well, most of those hazards are police. Yeah. I mean, that's what I heard on the CB. Occasionally you would hear, you know, truckers getting into arguments and saying, oh, we're going to fight. I'm at mile marker, whatever. Pull over. Where are you at? What? <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. You would hear the most ridiculous things. When I used to drive into big cities in the morning, like uh, going into the suburbs of New York City or D.C., you would get regular drivers who would do little morning shows. You know, <laughs> uh, there was one guy who played a bunch of harmonica songs with the CB. And, right. You know, some of it's entertaining, some of it's obnoxious. Wait, while driving, he would play harmonica? This here is the Pork Chop yeah. Express, and I got to tell you, I've been around. <laughs> Doesn't it take two hands to play the harmonica? Well, and one hand to hold a CB. You can play the harmonica. No, you with can one play hand. the harmonica with no hands. Yeah, you can. Little thing like the bo- oh, yeah, the holder. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, the I think it's called a necklace. I think that's the technical term for it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, I, I should know being a musician. Also, know. it was going into big metros in the morning during rush hour. You're sitting in traffic, not moving. So, yeah. how much work is it to sit still? I don't know. The, not- the one man band. Uh, on the CB with the harmonica and the cymbals and the the bass drum and ha- a little ukulele. Uh, uh, these trucks are kind of cramped for room. I don't think you have room for a bass drum. <laughs> you know, you do if you get rid of the bunk. Could be an electric bass drum. But um, yeah. Anyway, back to these regulations. Um, the the, <clears throat> the point system on the license. It's just designed to rack up points so quickly for the drivers for any ridiculous reason. And I'm not sure what the limit is for the cutoff to where you lose your license. But basically, once you get uh, any kind of violation or any kind of safety issue or what they claim to be a safety issue, they result in an investigation into your, in, into your company, not only, but you as a driver. And it, basically, a permanent record comes along with you that companies can look at when they're hiring you, which is fine to judge how safe you are. But basically, you know, with the government, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that's added onto your record that probably shouldn't be there, might not you know, maybe shouldn't be there at all, and you have to defend yourself against this, and how hard is it to get those things removed from your record? Oh, it's I mean, hardest. just for example, some of these uh, violations carry some hefty points, fine, you know, violations with them. Um, following too closely, five points. Now, that's a pretty subjective law, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, too closely varies by conditions, 
by speed. Right. All of that. And a cop who wants to get you will just say, oh, it looked like you were following a little closely Right, there. and I'm sorry, as a trucker, if you're on a two-lane road or, or a busy street with multiple crossroads, mm-hmm. you don't want to follow too far behind because that gives a lot of cars opportunity to pull out in front of you. A lot of cars, when they see a big truck, they think, I don't want to get stuck behind him, so I'm going to pull out in front of him. Right. And they don't think any farther than that. They don't think I should accelerate so he doesn't have to slam on his brakes or shift down through five or six gears. Right. Just to get his 80,000 pound vehicle slowed down before he rams into me. Yeah. You know, so you can't follow too far behind or else cars will jump in that gap. Yeah. Yeah. They don't see You got to find a balance. They don't think about it. I see all the, t- all the time when I'm out working, driving around, like uh, on 101, I'll see some asshole come up alongside in a no passing lane, you know, pass the truck driver and cut him right off. And then the truck driver will, of course, just, you know, get right on his ass after that. Oh, yeah. Uh, truckers are great at scaring regular drivers. <laughs> um, I'm sure people have complaints, you know, all oh, these crazy truckers are out there doing this and that and doing stupid things. Well, guess what? Most of the time when a trucker does something that you claim to be stupid, he is doing it in reaction to a regular driver who has done something to him. Or maybe you're the one doing something stupid. You just don't realize it. Uh, yeah. I mean, these guys know what they're doing for the most part. Obviously, yeah. there's exceptions. They, they, but- well, they, they, you have to go through certification to get your li- uh, special license for this, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and and you have a much larger machine that you're... Act, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's much so, larger so, yeah. and heavier. So the, it the takes a lot more know-how, a lot more paying attention to the road ahead of you and behind you, and you have less visibility. So it takes a lot more involvement to operate a truck than just your average you know, SUV, sedan, uh, coupe, what have you. And they're held to such much higher standards, even in their personal vehicles. You know, I have a CDL. Even though I don't use it anymore for work, I still have it. So I'm still held to these higher standards in my personal vehicles. If I get one ticket of 15 miles per hour or more over the speed limit, I lose my license. I lose my job. You know, so apparently I'm more dangerous than an average driver who isn't trained to drive these big vehicles because I'm being held to a higher standard even in my own car. Um, Also, you know, what's the the legal limit for your blood alcohol content? 0.08, right? Yeah. That's for you, for anybody. Mm-hmm. But for a trucker, even in his personal vehicle, it's point oh four, according wow. to this new these new regulations. Wow! And so, what kind of effect do you think this is going to have on the economy? Well, not only the, not only these regulations come along with it. There's also how fit a driver can be dictates how safe he is. So if he's overweight, he's unsafe. And how? What's the reasoning for that? I'm not sure how, but I bet you some of the safest truckers in the world are big, huge, fat guys. Big Earl. that do nothing but drive their truck all day. At the way stations, are they going to have a uh, obstacle course? Yeah, are they going to have a human way station? <laughs> some uh, some aerobics, yeah, some yeah. yoga, and, and who's to deem whether a driver's unfit or not? Right, you know where's the where's the line? Right, yeah, the, we were talking about this a uh, couple weeks ago on a Wednesday show I co-hosted and. Uh, it's so subjective, you know, what, like the body mass test, you know, they don't uh, account for muscle a lot of times. Right, and, you and know. The, the article I was reading was saying that, um, this number seems exaggerated, but still, 175,000 truckers are going to lose their jobs over this. Yeah, how um, so? Other articles, just because they won't pass the fitness tests. Okay. Or they'll get suckered into this, this spiral where you just get points, rack up points, and lose your license. I mean, you get six points for having a tail light out. Mm-hmm. How do so, you know if your tail lights out? You're in front of it. You're fifty some feet away from it. Exactly. So at a time when jobs are, you know, people are struggling just to find jobs, you know, during this recession. I mean, the government is stepping in and taking steps that are just making it more difficult for people to earn money from this, for to earn a living, and that's just wrong. I mean, 
they, these people are not here to help you at all. They are here to take from you and to take for themselves. Do not trust the government. If you take nothing else from the show, take that. And I'm sure everybody listening to this on any show agrees with me. This is Free Talk Live. We got more coming up for one more segment. This is Free Talk Live, Moments from Rain, and we can still take your calls, 603-435-1105. What was that? I don't know. Something on the on the music bed, I guess. I had never heard that before. But anyway, uh, Free Talk Live, the Sunday edition, is brought to you by Shire Silver. Are you concerned with the continuing drop in the value of your dollars? Are you looking for an alternative currency you can trust? Then check out Shire Silver at shiresilver.com. There you'll find information about uh, about available products, co-branding, how you can become a merchant, which merchant and which merchants are currently accepting cards. Shire Silver is the size of a credit card and fits easily into your wallet. The small denominations of silver and gold make it easy to spend and make change with. The cards are sort of a combination of store, store loyalty cards and bullion. So check out shiresilver.com today to learn how you can get involved with promoting a free market alternative currency. Shire Silver, defending traditional value. So we go to the phones and to the fun, as they say. Really? <laughs> and we got Tom on the line. Tom, you there? Oh, yeah. All right. And what did you want to talk about? Uh, Keith is out of K2. <laughs> <laughs> what a disaster. All right. Why, why don't you explain to us what K2 is for those of us who don't know? Uh, I believe it's uh, an incense that's sprayed with uh, synthetic cannabinoids. And apparently it's better than weed. Uh, better. I, I, in I don't what know sense. if I agree with that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it is. No, I'm saying some people think it is, like Keith. Well, I, I Keith, think he's the only one. Keith thinks a lot of things, <laughs> none of which I put much value in. <laughs> well, I have to say, the the stuff that Keith has is or had, um, yeah, is as good as a lot of weed. Uh, it might not last as long, but the high is pretty similar. Uh, no, that's just, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, it just might be uh, not as good for you as weed, or worse for you it's than cheap. weed. It's a lot cheaper. It is pretty cheap, but it doesn't seem to last as long. Um, yeah, it kind of right. depends. I mean, we bought. So, so you have to smoke more to get any, or to get the same duration. Depending on what you get. Yeah, I mean, it would probably be illegal soon anyway. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right. It, it, All the kids will be doing it. But it absolutely <laughs> does work. Some works. Some of it works more than better than others. But it, it more does gooder. work. More gooder. More gooder. Yes. Yes. Key stuff was gooder than my stuff. <laughs> How much K two do you have to do before you're comparing stuff? Uh, crickets. Once, I guess. Yeah. yeah I there's a movie about enough. that. K two. I think Vertical Limit. That was about K two, right? The second highest mountain in the world. Right. Well, maybe that's what it is. It, it, it's not quite. It doesn't get you quite as high as weed. It's the second highest. <laughs> so anything? Yeah. Anything else on your mind tonight, Tom? Get to that yeah, that's well, right. I have a list of Obama's accomplishments. It's Ooh. pretty cool. Lay it on us. How many how many possible things could be on that list? There's eight things. It's, it's not that complete, but it's eight things. Okay. Shoot. Okay. Number one. All right. Um, authorization of the CIA to assassinate American citizens at will without due process. Nice. I, I feel a lot safer. 
That's that's very bad. Well, very, well, very bad. well, you know, Tom, they're only going to use it on terrorists, and it's important to protect ourselves from terrorists. That's true. If these are his accomplishments, if these are his accomplishments, like, I hope that he doesn't accomplish any more. <laughs> what, what what's the source of this? Where do you find this, Tom? Uh, my sister made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Is she? No, I mean, like she has sources, but like she didn't really cite them. Is she pro Obama? Oh, no, no. Did she oh, do okay. this for, like, a project, or is this something someone does in their no, spare we're time? No, emailing back. She made this real quick. Okay, so continue. Number two? Okay, number two. Um, in court, while defending this, uh, uh, the uh, the lawyers of the Obama administration asserted that there's uh, state secrets that they can hold, and they don't have to tell anybody about. And, mm. um, yeah, that's, 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 and, that's and like, didn't, really... Well, didn't it's legal terms really, really bad? Well, didn't he promise uh, transparency in government? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, yeah, everywhere else except for when it regards state secrets, which is whenever they screw up, they can right. just say that to cover well, themselves. Well, you see, no, 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 no. You see, he's more. He's like worse. Like every president gets worse, so it's more transparent because you can just see how bad the government is. Mm-hmm. It's worse and worse. Yeah, he's he's less secretive right. about uh, how bad he is. Right. Exactly. All right. And number three. Uh, instead of keeping people in Guantanamo Bay, uh, he's keeping people in uh, Bagram, Afghanistan. So they're even further from home. Well, a lot home. of them are supposedly enemy combatants. Oh. Wouldn't they be closer to home if they're in Afghanistan? Yeah, true. And I think that was another thing. He promised to close down Guantanamo Bay, right? Early in his, yeah, oh, one of his first th- acts in office was ordering Guantanamo Bay closed within a year. So he he just opened. No, 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 and- no, no, no. But it's worse. It's worse because I didn't finish reading. <laughs> it's <always> okay. Worse. <laughs> All right. Look. But because he's not keeping them in Guantanamo Bay, they have no right to due process, which means that he can keep them there for their entire life, and there's nothing they can do in court about it. Wow. Nothing. Well, we we can't just give these terrorist rights. Right, and, be- and because, because of jurisdiction not- issues, they can probably uh, interrogate them more vigorously with extraordinary rendition and all of that. Right. Because they're not... And it's not you know, illegal, yeah. Right, and it's the supposition of guilty until proven innocent, you know, uh, which... Yep. Yep. But in this case, they don't get an opportunity to prove themselves innocent. Right, it's just guilty, because we say so. All right, uh, number four is next? Number four, yes. Massively escalating the drone war in Pakistan. So instead of using real people, he's just sending drones in there. Wow. So so pretty much everyone except except under, what's that? No, this is this is very under like played out in the media though. They don't they don't show the stuff. Right. Well, everything every item you've had on this list so far, um, except for the first one, has been a, one of his promises that he broke. You know, closing Guantanamo Bay, <laughs> ending the war. You know. And, and people still love him. I, I don't get it. Well, he's a great guy. A campaign <laughs> staffer came to my door uh, this past week and asked me what I thought of Obama. I said, he's broken a lot of promises. And the guy's response was the typical, oh, he's doing the best he can. Hey, at least he likes Red Stripe. At least he has good taste in cheap beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He could be on one of those commercials. I could see him on there. <laughs> yeah, it is Jamaican. <laughs> kind of Hur- hooray, beer! <laughs> <laughs> Go on. All right. Uh, this one was uh, this was on Free Talk Live. Uh, seeking legislation legislation 
to require all services that enable communications to be able to be uh, decrypted. Yep, so he wants to spy on us. Uh, every conversation you have? Well, we could be talking about terrorist plot. Well, you know, we could be talking about uh, gumdrops falling from the skies and bunnies shooting out of my wazoo, but... You know, in my free time, I love to just make phone calls to all my friends and just say these these buzzwords. Terrorist. Yeah, dirty bomb. Bombing, yeah. yeah all, all those things. Car just bomb. Just to get them on my case. Say things like, I like, I like things like that, but yeah. you don't think they're going to be recorded. No. It's, it's, it's just a ridiculous mindset. Uh, more more, evasion, more of, uh, invasion of our privacy. Um, every day, we're just, America is becoming less and less free in the world. Uh Countries all over the place, especially the UK, which is... right. And if you're a terrorist, you know all these things, so you know not, what not to do, right, to get them on your case. So the only people that they're bothering are people who aren't doing anything wrong. All right, uh, number Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who works there. Yeah, Reese Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a firefighter down there. Yeah, if you can believe that. <laughs> yeah, but one of their main jobs, I think, is, is to get true? drunk every night. That and to chase. Penguins off the the airline strip? Oh, really? I haven't heard that. I heard that because there's not a lot of fires um, at the base. But if there is a fire, they need someone trained to handle it. Right. Or a professional snowball thrower. Or else they're stuck out on a glacier. Right. All right. They don't want to melt the glacier. That'd be bad. <laughs> well, they're, they're very flammable. Yep. Number six? Is that where we are? Yeah, we are there. Okay. Uh, any more in Iraq, and which is an outrageous example of double speak. Because the troops are still in Iraq. Yeah. And there's actually just as many there. I, I call it Mission Accomplished Part 2. Um, you know, Bush, you know, flew in supposedly on that the, the aircraft carrier and declared Mission Accomplished once we, they had uh, gotten Saddam Hussein. But we were still stuck in this nasty war that we couldn't pull out of. And uh, now Obama, same thing. He said uh, uh, that... Uh, Combat officially ended uh, whenever it was uh, over the summer, and, you know, there's still suicide bombers because we're occupying their land. There's still soldiers over there who need to come home. Uh, he's just a bold-faced liar. I mean, I, I can't believe people get behind him. Well, he's not He's not really lying, though. He doesn't actually lie. He just Because if you speak in legal terms, he's not really lying. <laughs> Very true. Well, thanks for the call tonight, uh, this has been, sorry, we're out of time, uh, but this has been Free Talk Live with Luther, Ryder, and Andrew. And continue listening every night of the week, and especially Sundays, uh, especially when I host. I'll be hosting next weekend for the Halloween edition. FreeTalkLive.com. Yes, thank you.